Welcome to Spread the Floor, the world's first and only NBA podcast, probably. I'm your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the Zaire Smith to my Keenan Evans, the Tony Batie to my Corey Carr, the Daryl Dora to my Ronald Ross. It's my co-host, Tobin Hodges. Yo, let those victory bells ring out all over Chris Beard's stupid face. That's right. That is right. Kick rocks, Chris Beard. I could have ran six miles last night at 11 (laughs) o'clock. Cause I was so hopped up on adrenaline. Oh man, what a what a great game! It's it's probably a good thing that your wife was asleep by the time that 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 game ended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how she was though, because I was screaming and yelling from our upstairs living room. I was pretty hopped up. So it yeah, it's man, what a what a weird what a weird few days it was with that. So <laughs> oh. Man, Texas Tech. Uh, if you don't know, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you this surely isn't your first episode. Tobin is a Texas Tech alum. I am a a Texas Tech uh, fan by by my family and and uh, I don't know by proxy almost. I'm a Texas Tech guy, uh, and and it's been a weird couple, a weird few months for for us. It's a good team, and uh, you know, I'm maybe you know, maybe you don't, but Texas Tech just defeated. Texas uh, yesterday pretty soundly like it wasn't like a blowout or anything but that was I mean they were wire to wire winners on yeah. that uh, and Texas currently employs the coach who uh, who left Tech high and dry at the end of last season in a in a pretty crappy way because he's a kind of crappy guy uh, and anyway so yesterday was a was a pretty I don't get real ju- juiced up for for uh, college basketball games very often at this point Tobin. Um, probably the last time that I really, really, really cared was that freaking championship game that, that we should have won. Stupid DeAndre um, Hunter. <laughs> I know. Stupid DeAndre Hunter. Uh, but, but that was a, yeah, I was, I was into that, man. I was, I was super into that. I think we were, we were like nervous all day cause I felt like something bad was going to happen. Like somebody was going to storm the court. Yeah. Kill Chris Beard. You or- know, listen, I'm a tech <laughs> alum, but I also am not stupid. I understand that, you know. Yeah. Tech students are not always the greatest. And, you know, and a lot of that is just pent up aggression of being like the stepbrother of the Big 12 because no one ever takes us seriously, understandably, because we don't need to be taken seriously a lot of times, you know. But with basketball, we've kind of niched ourselves in to be like the team, you know, like even like Kansas. I mean, I think Kansas and Baylor, I mean, Kansas obviously has the pedigree and even Baylor a little bit like Baylor won the title. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're right below them, if not right next to them. And so, you know, it's just, but anyway, so like fans are doing their thing. Like, you know, like when I was in school, we were, we camped out for games. So that's not new to this, you know, right, but right. this was on a whole other level. And then like, what was it? I don't know. Like Sunday morning, some bar <laughs> tweeted out, Hey, at 2 PM, we're going to come serve free beer yeah. to the people on Tuesday at the game. And I'm like, that is the worst idea you could possibly think of like our, yeah. our students already have no problem pre right, pre gaming right, for yeah. games. And so, <laughs> and this is already hostile and people are angry and, you know, frustrated. And it's, you know, you take into the fact that if, if you, it was, if it was a normal UT game, like if Rick Barnes and his crappy coaching was still there, <laughs> like it would still not be a good idea <laughs> to serve yeah. the tech fans free yeah. beer before Texas, Texas Tech game like that's not a good yeah. idea at all I just had member had like when that got announced I had uh as like sort of it's not quite flashbacks but like because I wasn't alive then but the, <laughs> the tapes of like the Disco Chicago White Sox night. yeah Chicago <laughs> White Sox or I was at a Rangers game when I was 
maybe seven years old or something at the old, old Rangers stadium uh, that was bat night. And I'm pretty sure it was dollar beer night at the same time, which is the dumbest thing Whoops. you could possibly do. <clears throat> and uh, it, there was a full-on brawl. There was a full-on brawl in the bleachers. And my granddad and my uncles stood there and, like, took bats away from people. And, it, I mean, it was a big deal. It was a big deal because the – and part of the, the involved parties was the TCU football team at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, it was a deal. So that was my, my fear coming in. Like, I was kind of nervous all day that we were – not that the, the Tech was going to lose, but that, uh, that there was going to be something that just made all of Techdom look bad. And instead, as far as I know – it uh, it stayed right well, in the PG thirteen <laughs> range. Of no, I don't know if I go that far. The, some of the words <laughs> being chosen would have made it a ra- yeah, yeah, rated yeah, yeah, R yeah. movie pretty I, quick. Right, <laughs> okay, but you're gonna get that. That was always gonna happen. The, it was funny think, though, because like all day, all day on social media, every like tech associated account, like the alumni association, the university, the men's basketball program, was tweeting out these these tweets and videos of, "Hey, here's Tariq Owens telling you." Don't be stupid, right? You know? yeah. Like, yeah. just it's just funny to me because you can't have that situation and not be a little afraid. And then you throw in the the hey, we're gonna we're gonna sauce you up before this eight <laughs> o'clock tip. You know, good grief! Like, what a bad idea <laughs> it was. But we we got out of it unscathed, as far as I know. Uh, we got the win. Chris Beard got the L. Uh, it was it was a great experience. It was, it was a good time, and that crowd was super electric. It was great. It was great to watch. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed I enjoyed college basketball for the first time in in a couple of years. So that was nice. That was nice. Um, yeah. So when the All Star game is coming up, we're going to talk about. We're going to make our All Star picks. We're going to do the thing that you have to do when you have an NBA podcast. Do All Star picks. Uh, and the trade deadline is headed our way as well. So by the time we record our next episode, I think we've agreed. We're going to record a day late next week. We're going to push it a day. Yeah. So that we can talk about whatever happens at the trade deadline. And we'll hope that it's a lot of stuff that happens at the trade deadline because it'd be a real bummer if we push it a day and then it's just like the, the, well, Anthony Morrow got traded again, which is what we've had happen in the past. So uh, be on the lookout for that. But we're going to talk, we're going to talk some, some trade candidates, some guys who, uh, who may or may hear their, get a call from their agent, uh, this next week and, uh, and teams that are buyers and sellers and things like that. We're going to do some stuff like that. Uh, before we do the all-star picks though, so we got to talk about a couple of injuries, Joe Ingles tore his ACL. That's a bummer. I like Joe Ingles. Mm-hmm. I know he's a, he can be a, uh, be kind of a, uh, a pain <laughs> if he's not on your sure. team, but I kind of, as long as he's not playing the Mavs, I kind of like Joe Ingles and what he brings to yeah. the floor. Huge um, loss for them too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been very good this year. He he seems like he maybe hit uh, a bit of a, a wall. He's thirty four. I mean, we, we kind of mm-hmm. you know we kind of forget that because he he wasn't in the league from from eighteen years old or whatever. He's he hasn't been around all that long. Every all considered, but but he came in late, and so he's a pretty you know he may have hit the age wall uh, before he tore his ACL. So now we're we're really from a career standpoint, it's like oh man, that's a real bummer. That's going to be very difficult. Uh, for him to come back and be as effective. But but to your point, too, it's a big knock for the Jazz, both in terms of that guy was runner-up for sixth man of the year last year. He helps the ball move a lot in that offense. And also, he was like their best trade chip as far as like we can package this guy with a couple of picks and maybe get somebody in here. And now you would assume that's probably unlikely at this point. But that's that's a big deal for the Jazz. Yeah, and because it, it's going to make it, you know, hard for them I think to stay in that four seed for sure and so as a Mavs fan I'm like okay great you know like that's 
I definitely don't want to play a team that has Joe Ingles, you know, for seven games. So, but obviously injury is never good. So bummer for him. I sure hope that this isn't like the end for him because I think 34 ACL is going to be hard to come back from, you know, not that he can't come back, Mm -hmm. but I hope he can come back and be an effective, you know, player. So much, much love to him. Hope he, hope he recovers well. Another injury we got to touch on, and this is this is probably bigger as far as league stuff goes. Um, are we concerned about LeBron <laughs> at this point? Are you concerned about LeBron? No, because he's he's out now again. This is a he's missed the last I think three games. They're saying it is it's going to be more. They're saying it's it's uh, it's not structural, so it's not like he has like a like a like a torn MCL or something like that. But he's uh He's sitting some games now, and I'm. I think it's calculated. I think it's calculated, though. Okay. I really do. Um, and Westbrook made the quote: "Was it yesterday or the day before?" He was like, "You know, it, I'm not worried about this playoffs. You start zero zero, and so I'm like, I mean, yeah, true, but you know, <laughs> you're also the the nine seed right now. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about him in the sense of." We've talked about this, but we are not seeing the. This is the new LeBron. This is the new old LeBron. Like if you if you understand what I'm saying, like it's he's not going to come in and dominate a you know ten game stretch and keep his team afloat anymore. I just I don't think. I mean, like he's been awesome this year. Like for yeah. what he's had to deal yeah. with, for sure. I think that this is their way of casually saying we need to f- like stay around 500 and bring him back for like the last. 20 games. I mean, not, not that he's going to miss all these games, but like he needs to be fresh for the last 20 games so they can make a push to hopefully get the six seed and not have to play in the play in. And so if that keeps him, you know, gives him some miles on his legs that he's not going to have the end of the year, I think that's probably necessary. And so that's why I'm not worried yet. But I also know I'm also realizing that we're just seeing a new era of LeBron that's not going to be the same as it usually is. Yeah, man, it's a. Uh... It sucks too, if I'm being honest. Like it sucks. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Braun guy, but I, you know, I watching he's I keep, obviously he's, he's one of the, the two best basketball players of all time. And, um, and for years and years and years prior to going to LA, he was like invincible. I mean, he just like never got injured. And, and in the four years that he's been in LA, that's not been the case. He's, he's gotten, he's had, you know, I, I don't know if this counts as a significant injury, but he's missed real time all three out of the four years. At this point. Mm-hmm. And, it's headed that uh, it's headed that direction. I'm with you in the sense of, I think that that this is that at least some of this is probably a little bit precautionary, and uh, we got you know we'll, we'll, we want him back for the stretch run. My issue with that, or or if that's the case, like maybe the <laughs> the issue that they're going to run into is, as we speak, the Lakers are the nine seed. They are four and a half games out of the six seed. I'm not saying that's impossible. We got 30 plus games here, but that's pretty tough. It's tough to make up four games without LeBron and with Russell Westbrook. It's tough to make that up. Um, They're pretty well locked into the play in. So I think there's some security here. I think that's probably partly why they can say, hey, we're going to take it slow with this because no one seems to want to come up and get the 10 seed. And... Uh, the Clippers, who we'll talk about here in a second, I think have, I mean, they don't have incentive to tank because they don't have their draft pick, mm-hmm. but I don't think that they're capable of of really pushing anybody. So it's like Portland kind of occupies that 10th seed right now almost by default. New Orleans is a couple games behind them. San Antonio is right on their heels. I mean, 
<clears throat> my point being, there's not two teams that are going to come up and knock the Lakers out of that spot. And I'm sure the Lakers feel like if we have LeBron, if we have Anthony Davis in a play-in scenario against uh, Minnesota and the Clippers and we'll say Portland. Yeah, they may not be able to, they may not be able to be, that, beat right? Minnesota twice, but they're going to be able to beat the Clippers and tra- Trailblazers with healthy LeBron and AD. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I think there's got to be some of that. But then the the flip side of that is there's almost no way at this point that Phoenix and Golden State aren't going to be one and two. So if you win the playing tournament, now you're playing either Phoenix or Golden State, mm-hmm. and I don't believe there's a world in which, unless Anthony Davis just suddenly becomes like the Anthony Davis that we saw in the bubble, I don't know how we could pick them to. And even then, that may not be feasible to say. Yeah, I think they could beat the Suns or the Warriors. So. It's a weird spot to be in of like, I do think you're right. I think they have to try to get him healthy for the stretch run. But the stretch run may be sort of solidified by the time he can come back mm-hmm. in and they're going to be stuck in this matchup with two teams that I don't I don't really believe that they can beat at this point. Yeah. So that's a tough one. A tough Agreed. One yep. Dunk contest uh, contestants, Cole Anthony, Juan Toscano Anderson, Jalen Green, Obi Toppin, we're getting old. I don't know that we care so much about the dunk contest. No. I've had, I've told, probably said on the air my my theories of like how or my ideas for how you can make the dunk contest better. Do these guys get you jazzed at all? Is this this going to be an exciting dunk? Last year sucked. Is this is there a chance that this could be a good one? Looking at this field, nope. I super <laughs> don't care. I mean, look, I can't remember what year it was. There was one year that I was had I had the same energy where I was just like I was almost annoyingly flippant about it and then ended up being awesome. So maybe I'll be surprised. I think they, I think Jalen green definitely has the hops to do some crazy things, but I also don't like Jalen green. So I don't want him to make me like him. So (laughs) Obi Toppin was boring last year and he won. Yeah, Big guys are usually, you know, did did he win his high hit? I can't remember. He did. He win last year. I can't even remember. He didn't, but I don't remember. I like which man, 15-year-old, 14-year-old Brian is like, what is the yeah. matter with you, you jerk? But like, honestly, so mad as a parent of a 13-year-old, my 13-year-old could give two craps about the dunk contest because it has sucked basically his whole life, yeah. you know, that like he's been watching. And so, yeah, I don't care. I I, I have nothing to add to this. I, I think you just got four dudes. Like, Jalen Green's the only person with star power. Every single – I mean, Cole Anthony, too, to an extent, but – you got Juan Toscano Anderson and Obi Toppin who barely, you know, move the needle in my opinion. You know, I mean, Juan Toscano Anderson is is a great role player and Obi Toppin's young and can be good, but like I just I don't care. You got to either get the stars or get rid of this. Like it's just not fun anymore. Like it's dumb. I think part <laughs> of the problem is that part of the problem is the field. Part of the problem is the crowd. Because they're, they're using uh, football the stadiums now too, you know. Like, well, they're using football stadiums and they're filling the lower bowl, especially is all corporate sponsors who don't give a yep. crap. Like I've said before, if you want to do this, if you want to, you got to get the crowd involved. If you want to do this right, you need to move this part of of the night, do it earlier, whatever. Move it to a college gym or a high school gym, like what the college mm-hmm. and what, what, both McDonald's All American and the uh, the the college group does it. Do it in a smaller gym and put actual fans and especially kids and teenagers in the stands and like put players on the floor, like right at court level and everybody else in there needs to be a kid or a teenager or a fan, whatever. 
And in that scenario, you can generate some some energy, and you're much okay. more likely to get to get some counterpoint. Cool stuff out of it. That's one idea. You're right. That could work. If you are 15, 16, 17, and someone says to you, "Hey, you can go to you know Dallas High School and see these four guys doing dunk contest, but it's going to cost you X amount of dollars." Yeah, you got to do it for free. I'm saying, or, or even then, like, though, yeah. I'm like, okay, that. I mean, yeah, I'll go, but I don't really give a crap. You know, like it's just like you got it. You, that's not true. That's not true. If 15 year old Tobin, if somebody came to you and was like, "Hey, do you want to go to the dunk contest?" You would have been all over that. Come on. I mean, come on. I don't know. I just, I, I hate, I hate the fact that the people that are doing this are just the people that I think. Mean, I, I would love to see the list of how many people they begged to do this before they get down to. Yeah, Cole Anthony and Juan Toscano Anderson and just yeah, no, that's definitely true. Yeah, that's definitely true. I'm just saying, if you want to, you need some energy, and you need to, that's that's one way that you could you could potentially generate some some energy out of it. But the, I think part of the issue though for us is that a we're we're in our forties basically. Um, but more than that, it's that I think is just culturally, not just you and I, we kind of got to a place now where we kind of feel like we've seen mm-hmm. all the dunks that you can do. Uh, in a, you know, with a wind up and, and a run up and all that sort of stuff. It's way more interesting to see like who dunked on who and like the crazy mm-hmm. stuff that somebody like John Morant throws down on. But you on, know what uh, else too? Other players and things the like players that. that watch it aren't as in it anymore either. Like it used yeah, to be Kevin Garnett. Yeah. I mean, it used to be Shaq. like the mm-hmm. stars that weren't involved where they were with their old camcorders and yeah. stuff, you know, and like, right. and now right. like they, I mean, there's still, there's still players there watching, but it's typically like the teammates of whoever's in it, but you don't have like the LeBrons and those other big dudes, you know, going there, but I mean, probably cause they're old now <laughs> and need the, need the extra rest. But like, you know, it's, it's just not, it's not as like the players don't care about it as much anymore either. And so I think that's like, if the players don't care about it, like why should we care about it? You know? Sure. So yeah. I don't know. No, I agree. I think there's things you could do to, to make it better. And I think, I think you could like how letting the fans vote on who, who wins each round or whatever sure, on Twitter sure. or whatever. I think that would help. That was an idea that, that Pat threw out, I think. And in our discord, but yeah, like, I mean, there's ideas, there's ways that you can make this better. I'm not used about this, this field. Um, also, can you, can you do it at seven o'clock instead <laughs> of 1030 so that my eight year old can yeah, watch it? And don't cool have three other boring activities before it, you know, yeah. like, yeah, like bring back yeah. the. Sh- there's you ways know, that you can fix the, it, but or at least we're make about it a to go in, better, But I yeah. don't think that it's ever going to be. And great. we're about to go into this in depth. I, I I think as I've gotten older, I just super get more and more grumpy about the All Star game and just don't care. Like and so, hundred yeah. percent for me. And yeah, let's 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 transition into it. For me, as I get older, the All Star game is more about. Uh, I'm putting a little star next to somebody's name. That's really the thing that that I that I care about. And I I want to I want to take I take it seriously. Because I think it does matter. It does, yeah. Uh, that you that we don't have situations where somebody who isn't deserving <clears throat> becomes <clears throat> an all star because that goes in the history books. I mean, I think that's that's a real thing. But I do take it, I take all NBA way more seriously than sure than I do all star games, and I think that's the that's that's right. I'm right to mm-hmm. do that. But I do care about less about watching the game and more about. When I look at basketball reference in the year 2033 and we're doing some kind of weird list uh, for for 20 people that are still listening to this show somehow, um, I want to I want to be be able to have data that that tells me, like, here are the players that were considered the 12 best in their conference, Mm -hmm. the 25 best in the league, like that kind of thing. And, And it's a 
it's a data point that matters to me mm-hmm. more than than the game. And I'm sure somebody out there, again, probably 13 year old me is like, you suck. But that's that's kind of the that's kind of the truth of it. And I think part of just like us aging and whatnot. But let's do this. Let's do our picks. Um, we'll start in the Western Conference because I don't think it's super controversial. There's like one or two spots maybe that we're going to maybe have a disagreement. Um, we did this the way. Do you remember if it was last year or the year before we did the however many players deserve to be an all-star will be an all-star. Do you remember this? Yeah. It was, yeah, that was a couple years ago, I think, but okay. Um, that was fun. I didn't really feel like that was necessary this year, particularly in the Western conference. Um, which is, which is kind of weird. It's just such a flipped dynamic from what we are used to over the years, but we did follow the rules. We, with our teams, Mm -hmm. with our picks here. So we're doing, uh, we're doing the starters. We're not. We're not following what what uh, were announced as starters. So we will be picking a full twelve man roster. Uh, but we'll pick our starters: two guards, three front court, and then our reserves are two guards, three front court, two wild cards. And then because it is likely that at least a player or two uh, through the course of the next week or two will get will be out and uh, miss the game, we each have three alternates uh, ranked from one to three. That will be so we kind of did like 15 man teams, but here's who's out unless there's an injury, that kind of stuff. So Tobin, I'm gonna let you start us off. Give me your starters in the Western Conference. I think that the the fans got it 80% right. Because uh, I think I'm gonna mm-hmm. go Curry and Morant as my guards. That's I think that's the mm-hmm. pretty obvious one. Um Jokic, I think, is obvious. I think even LeBron is pretty obvious, even though he's not going to end up playing in this game more than likely. Um, The one alternate I had is I put Cat at forward. I I had other options, other ideas of like you know putting Luca there at forward, but I mean I I pretty much see him as a guard now, almost exclusively. You know, other Mm -hmm. and I and I am like I said, I'm following the positional rules, and so I was Mm -hmm. looking at the front court and think that when I'm looking at that, I think Cats put up some pretty great numbers this year, and I want to reward that. So, yep. Okay, I I got four the same. I I also have Curry and Morant as my backcourt. I've got LeBron and Jokic in the front court. The the debate on that that third front court player to me, uh, Towns wasn't one of the two that I really debated. Although he he spoiler alert he will make my reserves. I think he's been fantastic this season and sort of answered some questions about himself, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I really appreciate that. Uh, it was to me it's between Gobert and and Draymond as the mm-hmm. the last front court guy. Uh, Gobert I think would be the starter if the fans weren't involved in this with with. Uh, <laughs> With what they did and 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 uh, what uh, what the K-pop fans did, uh, I think Gobert is the guy. I'm going with Draymond because I a I like Draymond, but more than anything, I think you know we got a real taste of how important Draymond is to what the Warriors are doing. At one point, they were the best team in the league by a pretty fair stretch, and a lot of that was a lot of that's Curry, mm-hmm. and a lot of that is is Dre. And you're getting a, you've gotten a real good glimpse recently at how important he is to both sides of the ball uh, to that team. So uh, I ended up sticking with Draymond, but I, I, you know, I think if the, 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 if the fan, excuse me, if the, uh, if the coaches and the media had their way, it would have been Gobert as the, the third front court mm-hmm. guy there. So, so Andrew Wiggins did not make either of our starters. Sorry to, to Andrew Wiggins. Spoiler. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll do my reserves. And then, then when we need cheers, I, I had the same thought with Luca. Now I marked Luca down as, as my, as a guard initially, 
And then when I looked, when I ended up getting to the last spot on the team, um, I just felt like there weren't enough forwards, oh, yeah. front court guys that really uh, deserved a spot yeah. here. Luca does play plenty of times. Now, I'm going to, somebody may say I'm a hypocrite on this because when we get to the Eastern Conference, I'm going to throw a fit about somebody being labeled a different position than what they are. <laughs> um, but I think it's <clears throat> legitimate. There are plenty of times where Luca shares the floor with Brunson and Hardaway. Uh, Brunson, Hardaway, Bullock, Brunson, Hardaway, Berg. There's times where where Luca is essentially the power forward on the floor. And also, again, I just don't think that there were three front court guys after those starters that were really deserving this year. Because when you factor in, like, Paul George was injured, um, some of the other things that went into this. Mm-hmm. So my team, my backcourt is the Phoenix Suns, is, uh, is Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Uh, my front court for the reserves is uh, Rudy Gobert, what I mentioned, Luca. And Carl Anthony Towns, as you mentioned, and then you know what? I'll say my two wild cards. Let's let's get through your five that you picked, and then we'll do the wild cards. That's where there may be a difference. Okay, I so I just said I didn't think Luca was a forward in the to starting, but I did the same thing. I put him as a forward <laughs> in the reserves because I think in the starters situation, I'm more okay with following that rule with Luca. But in the reserves, I don't really care. The reserves, it's like you know, let's just get the best team on the fo- on the court, you know. Yeah, well, and I, I yes, totally. And I think part of it, too, is like Steph and Ja both absolutely deserve to be the starting absolutely. guards on this yeah. team. And uh, and and there are legitimate options <clears throat> at the at the front court spots. So that's that's part of it. So, OK, so my my five reserves before I get to the wild cards, I have um, the same thing. I have the the Suns backcourt CP3 and Booker. And then I have Luca, Gobert and Draymond as mine. So that's just the only okay. thing we flipped yeah. was Cat and okay. Draymond. Yeah. yeah. All right, I like it. Who are your wild cards? So I did one. This this is where I'm going to be stupid. I did one wild card, and then I did one Commissioner Tobin pick, like kind of like a silver <laughs> pick, you know. But instead of doing an aging veteran, I'm going to do a young player that I would like to see in the game, and I put Anthony Edwards as my commissioner's pick. And then yeah. I did Donovan Mitchell as my other wild card, and I don't okay. like that. <laughs> But I have no. I think Mitchell I do too. Yeah, and, I, and I, when we get to the alternates, I'll t- I'll explain my alternates a little bit too. So, but yeah, um, mm-hmm. I think Anthony Edwards, even if I'm not doing commissioner's pick, has the numbers to be like, yeah, that that could that could work. He has a case. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he's not going to take CP3 or Booker's spot. You know for sure. No. But yeah. So, and I think if you know there are other healthier options, then he probably wasn't make, doesn't make the team at all. But yeah, that's so that's where I'm going. Okay. Uh, Anthony Edwards, I think has a case. I, I did not pick him for my team, but I do. I agree. I think he has a case. I, I also have Donovan Mitchell as one of the wild cards. And, uh, the other one I went with was, uh, I, I debated between, uh, the guy I picked. I mean, I considered Edwards to be honest. I just didn't, this is part of why I moved Luca to the forward. It's just like, I just don't feel like I didn't love any of the other options as like a really viable. Yeah. This guy's an all-star. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the last spot for me goes to Dejounte Murray from uh, mm, San Antonio. Okay. I don't love, I don't super love rewarding uh, somebody who who's on a bad team, um, but I don't think it's his fault that they're bad. That's for sure. He puts up great stats every night. He's competitive. He plays both ends of the floor. I think he deserves a nod. So uh, I went with uh, Dejounte. So give me your give me your alternate picks for the inevitable. So game. my well, so my alternates are. In order, like what I left them off. So my first alternate is Anthony Davis um, because he just hasn't played enough games. But if he if he played 40 games, you know, 
at 23 and 10, he's in the game. Like that's, let's just be real. He is. Um, in my second alternate, I'm, I'm going to honor Chris Stapps for Singus at 28, okay. 20, 20 points and eight rebounds a game. Only played 30 games, but I think he definitely is in the, on the bubble of the conversation. And my last alternate was Brandon Ingram. He was my the last person on my alternates. Okay. I did not have Anthony Davis in my case. <clears throat> I, I just felt like he didn't play enough games, and he also looked like absolute Totally agree. And I understand his stats are still great, surprisingly great, honestly, given how not good he has been through the course of this. But like, I, I don't know. Well, okay. There's, just, there's something there's, you're supposed to come back better than, than the way that he came back in my opinion. So I, I don't know. I, maybe I, maybe I'm, I'm holding that against well, him incorrectly. The same reason that you're putting Draymond in your starting lineup mm-hmm. is why you're saying that about Anthony Davis, which, whereas my brain with all-star is, like the the conversation that you're having, in my opinion, is what I have on all NBA. In in, in this okay. case, I'm like, this person is putting up numbers, and the and he's going to make the game an all star game. You know, that's that's where my brain goes at least. But but again, like he, you know, and honestly, Paul George would be in that same consideration if he wasn't hurt as well. So yeah, Paul George was a lock for this hundred percent yeah. season, and then he's it, yeah you know, he hasn't played, and now he's out. And all this. It makes no sense to make him an mm-hmm. alternate too because he's not sure. play so. Uh, for me, KP also. I th- I I I'm sure somebody will will hear that as as sort of uh, fandom and bias. But KP's been really good this year. He's been fantastic defensively. Um, the shooting, it's rough, it, but it, it's weird. It's weird to me that he can't make a shot. But his he has persevered. He's done a lot of great stuff. He's missed a bunch of games, and that's that's part of it for me. I if KP had played, I don't know, five more games. And by the way, games played this year is tough. Because of mm-hmm. COVID, like that just—that's a completely—that's a different thing. That yeah, because KP missed what like, six games because of COVID. Like it wasn't like a yeah, injury. Yeah, he missed a certain amount of games with an injury, and then he missed six-ish games with with COVID. And that's like the kind of thing where it's like, well, there's literally nothing that he can that you can do about it. And you say the same for all for all these guys. It's not just uh, obviously not just for KP. Yeah, I, I had I had real consideration on KP as well. I think that's a fair case to be made there. I I didn't put him on those. Well, who I put for my three. Uh, in order, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., who has made just took a huge leap forward and like kind of <clears throat> carried that team a little bit when Ja mm-hmm. was out, kept them afloat. He's improved so much defensively. He still leaves some stuff to be desired to me. Like there's still times when I watch Memphis play and I see him and I'm like, gosh, I just feel like there's more mm-hmm. there that you're just not you're not quite getting to. But um, I think that he has been uh, quite important to what that team has done, and I, I want to reward that. I also had Anthony Edwards as my next uh, alternate. Again, I think he's got a great case. And Brandon Ingram was my last guy as well on the alternates. So no Andrew Wiggins for either of us, even in the in the alternates. I will tell you, he's probably my next guy. I mean, he's my had a great guy. year. Like it's not. I he's had a good season. I don't. Really I don't want to discount yeah. what he's done because he got, in my opinion, unfairly voted in. But eighteen four and two does not get you a, a consideration in an All Star game. Like I mean, let's just be real. It doesn't. Like I mean, that's yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, I know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. He's had a great year, and I hate, I hate, I mean, you know me. I'm, I, I've been a Wiggins guy for years. I, I don't want to diminish mm-hmm. the year he's had, but there's other people that I think are more all star worthy than that for sure. So, sure. Yeah, that's how I, I don't feel like it's like a huge insult or something. It's not like, uh, it's not AC Green starting over Carmelo, yeah, in whatever, 1988 <clears throat> or, 
uh, like Shakespeare in Love beating Saving Private Ryan for Best Picture. Or and it's a like fan that. vote, it's, so it's not like you can get mad about it. You know, like yeah. it's the same reason that Yao Ming was a starting center for 20 years, even though right. he's absolutely, <laughs> absolutely yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, but so I don't think he's out of the, the, the conversation at all. It's not a defensive yeah. pick. It's just he he definitely uh, was not would not have been on my list. All right, let's move east. I think there's more discussion there in the east. There's a lot more players we, to choose from. We may from. end up with the same like 12 players, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, I'm going to start because I want to I want to want to bring something up. So my starters <laughs> in the Eastern Conference front court. Very easy. Very, very easy. Giannis Embiid, KD. Like that's I don't know. I, I would be shocked if if you've got something different. Um, maybe you factored the, the injury with Durant. But I think Kevin Durant might have been the MVP at some yeah. certain point this season for whatever it's worth. So those three were easy for me. The backcourt was really tough um, because I felt like. Part of this is another it's another case for like, can we just get rid of these positions mm-hmm. with this kind of thing? Because it's a guard driven le- league in a lot of ways. And you're they're almost be there. You only have four given spots to start with and then all this other stuff. So it's kind of annoying. I um, I thought that there were like six or seven really, really, really good guard candidates in. I feel like almost any of them could be the two starters. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's where I ended up. I Zach Levine was a pretty, I don't say, I wouldn't say a lock. Like if you have other guys, you got other guys. That's fine. But I think he's been out, outstanding. And also I want to reward the transformation that that guy has undergone mm-hmm. over the last two years. So I think he's been great on a team that is first or second, has been first or second in the, in the East all season long. So I put him there. Almost everybody that I have listened to or read on their all-star picks, I just threw a pen at my pencil at myself, um, has had either Trey Young or Drew Holiday as their their starter here. Um, hmm. I listen. Trey is having an outstanding statistical season. I don't think that it's his fault all necessarily that the that the Hawks have been bad. They've started to turn the corner. I'm sure by the end of the year, they're going to be much higher up in the standings than they are right now. I think they've kind of figured some things out, and maybe we'll figure more things out at the trade deadline. And again, trade statistics are insane. The Cleveland Cavaliers, I thought they were going to win 25 games. I did not see how this could work at all. And they a they're, they have a much better roster than I thought they did, and that's on me for not recognizing it, how the, the big lineup could work but like Darius Garland is the engine that makes that whole thing go he's been outstanding this season he's put up statistics and wins like they're third in the east right now I am struggling to see why not to say like I don't know who your guards are you may have Trey or or any of these I don't know I don't know but it's a struggle for me to see why we have to why we're just assuming that Trey Young is just far and away better than ever than all these other guards in this spot. So um Trey made my team. Don't I'm not gonna be I'm not being petty about it. I just I feel like if a team is has a an over under of twenty seven games and they're already at like 30, 31 games, we gotta reward the guy who is the engine of that if if they're also having a good statistical season and, and Darius Gar- Garland is. So my backcourt is is Zach Levine and Darius Garland. What'd you do? I actually think the fans got this right, but I had to change it up to fit the rest of my team. If I'm if that makes sense, 
because mm-hmm. I think DeMar DeRozan absolutely deserves to be recognized as a starter. He's had an incredible season and the Bulls have been incredible. But I also agree with your logic of Levine being somebody who deserves to get recognition as well. So, yeah, here's my thing, though, with DeRozan. He has not played one yes, minute. As that's a guard. okay. So that's not one minute. He is the power forward on that team. So like, it's not the same <sighs> as Luca, who starts as a as a guard sometimes, sometimes finishes as a guard, et cetera, et cetera. It's they are a they. He's the power so, forward. So I, it's it's kind of offensive that he. Yeah, and that's that. and that's where I I landed. But I I hate that because I don't because they can't top the front court of. And be Durant, Giannis. Like it's yeah. there's no re- like even with Durant's less games, he's averaging right. 29 points a game. Like, right. What you're saying is he's probably the he was probably the fourth best player in the Eastern Conference this entire yes. First half and season. so, and, but he also plays the same position. Yeah. As the other and so, yeah. I think the fan vote is fine, but I for my case because because which I'll I'll spoil it. I wanted Garland on my team as well for the same reasons you just said. But I couldn't do that logically if I didn't put Levine in the guard spot and put DeRozan in a forward spot. But you can't put DeRozan in the starting lineup over those other three guys. Right. So, right. again, this is yeah. why positions are stupid, you know. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Again, I think this is where my brain goes. This is an all-star game. It doesn't matter. I'm not choosing all NBA. Like I'm not going to choose Trey Young all NBA team one if their team is the 14th league, te- you know, team in the East. You know, mm-hmm. that's how my brain works with that stuff. But in this case, he's averaging 28 points a game, and he's been pretty awesome. Sure. So yeah. he's my starting guard with Levine, and then I have the same front court as well. Um, let me just go to my. I'll go and go to my reserves since I've already talked about two yeah. of them. Um, so my guards, my reserves are Darius Garland and James Harden. And then my forwards are DeRozan, as I said. And then I put Jarrett Allen on mine because that dude's been awesome. And I wanted to reward the Cavaliers mm-hmm. because they, again, like you said, this is crazy. Like they, they shouldn't be as good. And Jarrett Allen is averaging 16 and 11, shooting almost 70% from the field and averaging 40 minutes mm-hmm. a game. I mean, sorry, 30 minutes a game. He's played 40 games. Like that's, that's huge. And, I, I think it should be rewarded. And I, I'm willing to go out on a limb for like, to me, he's kind of like the Rudy Gobert of this side, not defensively, but it's a guy who's, ha- who's going to have less numbers, but he's also made an impact through those numbers. And so, um, sure. that, so that's kind of my counterpoint. And then I feel like I had the same argument every freaking year of, <laughs> do I take Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or do I take both or do I only reward one? And I, in, I landed pretty much the way I always do. I'm only going to take one and it's going to be Jason Tatum because he has simply because he has better numbers. That's literally why I'm doing it, even though I like Jalen Brown better. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. Okay. So your front court then was DeRozan, Allen, Tatum. Tatum, and, and yeah. Jared Allen. Okay. My back court, I've got a couple of differences and then we'll see if this, you want know tell me your wild cards too. Okay. Just so my wild first cards. wild card is Fred Van Vliet because I think he, okay. I think he deserves some recognition. And then my commissioner's pick, to go opposite LaMelo or opposite of Ant is LaMelo because okay. I want to see Ant and LaMelo in the game. Again, I'm being stupid about this and I don't care. Like, I think it'd be fun. So <laughs> that if this offends me, just so you know, I feel like we have to take this very seriously. <laughs> um, so you don't have Jimmy Butler. He's my first alternate and okay. this is so not right to Jimmy Butler. It's not, they're the number one team in the, in the East or they were the number one team in the East for some stretch and they're, you know, they're top of the league. 
it's just his game is is a is a typical like twenty points, six point six rebounds, six assists, and it's great. That's great. That's awesome. Like, but I I'm I want I think Lamelo in the game would be more fun. I mean that that's just you know, I don't know. Okay. Um, I have the exact same team just in a different 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 order. I put Trey and Fl- and Fred as my backcourt. I think Fred's been incredible mm-hmm. in. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you get named as a the guard yeah, or yeah. the wild card, but I value what he brings to the table over <clears throat> what James Harden brought for most mm-hmm. of the season. So, um, so that was my ba- my my backcourt. My front court is DeRozan, as you said. I had Jared Allen as well. I think that's like, uh, I really locked. I really I thought you were going to yell at me about that one. I'm not even kidding. No, I like, think he's been outstanding. Yeah, no, no. I I, I think look. I mean, Mobley's the one who's kind of getting left out on this, but Mobley's. I didn't make my choice based on Mobley is going to have multiple all-star games in his mm-hmm. future. Like, that's a stupid reason to leave somebody out of a game. I just think he... Th- this may be the time that Jared Allen is the all-star, and then in next year and beyond, maybe that, that moves over to Mobley. I think Mobley is a huge part of what they're doing, but I don't know that he is a bigger part of the cog... A bigger cog in the machine than Garland or Jared Allen are at this point. Jared Allen's been awesome. I I, I felt like that was... That was a lock. I have Jimmy in at, in the front court. Um, I almost did it because of the games played. He just he's missed a ton of games. Uh, that was a hard one, but he is incredibly consistent when he is in the games. He's the, we all know how valuable he is to that team. The Heat have been our first in the Eastern Conference, having like seven guys in the rotation that you and I have literally never heard of. Um, it's pretty amazing what they do. And I'm not saying that's all Jimmy because a lot of it is Spo and just the, the whole thing that they do there. But Jimmy is kind of to me where like the encore, where that starts on the court. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't keep him out based on as yeah. much as anything based on where. Yeah, the team you're was. right. The so. 28 games is a, I forgot that too. That was, that was one of the other things I've, I, I left AD and yeah. others out for that yeah. many games. I can't put him in for the same reason, you know? So, yeah, yeah. no, that's true. We should say, too, like I put this spreadsheet together with everybody's stats and stuff based on uh, like a week and a half ago. And and that's what we were working on because I thought I misunderstood what the the media voting rules were and stuff. So we we are at this when I was going back and forth on Jimmy, then I was like, oh, but I can factor in the last Mm -hmm. two weeks. Okay, then I'm doing that's what we're doing. So Jimmy and my wild cards were Harden and Tatum. So we have the same team, basically. Um, LaMelo was not I mean. You you chose Jimmy Butler basically as your twelfth guy. You're you're doing this like sure, extra yeah, sure. uh, commissioner thing, which I dig. That's fine. That's cool. Who are your you, Jimmy Butler's your first alternate? Who are the because at least one of these guys is playing. Durant is not going to play yeah, the game. Obviously, I think so we're getting at least one. Who are your Sabonis other Sabonis was was a close out for me. He was the one I was going back and forth with Jared Allen because like they're like Sabonis actually has better numbers than Jared Allen, but. Mm-hmm. I just think Jared out what Jared Allen has done for his team is more important than what Sabonis has done for his team. Um, sure. And then I have Miles Bridges as my third alternate because that dude's been yeah. killer this year. Like he's he's coming to into his own. Like I'm sure there's other people. You know, like they, I I think now looking at it, I probably should have Jalen Brown somewhere around there. But you know, <laughs> so I don't have Jalen Brown in mind. I'm not giving the Celtics two two all stars. Yeah. Um, and I think Tatum has been better. I, I'm with you. Like I really like Jalen Brown. Love to have him on my team. Uh, but I think I think especially the way that Tatum has kind of put it in gear over the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks, he's sort of figured some things out. And I value what he what he's doing on that front. Uh, yeah, my alternate, my number one alternate was Drew Holiday. Just think 
that's I mean everything he does is is so valuable in and out of the stat sheet. So uh, to a team that we all think is going to win the title at the end of this, I think, um, or at least compete for it. I also have Miles Bridges, um, and I had Siakam as my yeah. He was on my list, short list too. So, so no Sabonis for me, no Lonzo Ball or or Lamelo Ball, no uh, Jalen Brown. But I think I think Siakam the last like month, month and a half has gotten back to the level that he Mm -hmm. was at when he was second team All NBA, and I don't think he's going to be second team All NBA again. But he's playing at a really high level, and he seems like he's figured some things out mentally too. So I appreciate that. I think it's good. All right, those are our picks. Uh, do with them as you will. I expect we're gonna get the we're gonna get the actual teams tomorrow. There's gonna be a lot um, of alternate replacements too. So like to it's this. it's gonna be a weird yeah. couple of weeks for sure. It's gonna be a lot yeah. of that. I mean, there's really there are very few guys that we have listed that I do not expect to make the team. Like the I'm sure like Jared Allen or Jared Allen might not make it. <sighs> Fred might not make it. There's a, ch- I guess there's a chance that Garland's not going to make it. Although again, I just found that insane. But um, I imagine this will not be a huge, hugely shocking yeah. uh, All Star <coughs> announcement. So, okay, buddy, let's move on. Let's talk a li- just for just for a few minutes. Let's talk some trade stuff. You love trades. I hate trades. Um, it's not totally true. I, I think do, but I'm I'm I'll I'll admit this trade deadline has made me kind of come to your side a little bit. So. <laughs> Here's what I think we're dealing with. Um, partly because of the playing game, although I think that has less to do than, it, than mm-hmm. anything else. It's it's really more to do with a lot of teams that we thought were going to be good are mediocre or worse. And a lot of those teams then are kind of stuck in a position where they're tr- they've got to decide. And th- this is not the case. This is pretty much always the case. But I just think it's a, it's it's even more exaggerated than normal this year. Trying to decide, like, are we good? Are we bad? Are we buyers? Are we sellers? Are we staying still and just kind of roll it back next year? What do we do? And then you also have several teams that have, like, been together for a while, and those teams have got to figure out, okay, is this working? Is it going to work next time? All that. Um, I just think there's a lot There's a lot of potential movement, and then I feel like everyone has just kind of been waiting on, on Simmons, and now I think we all are to the point where we kind of don't think that's going to happen, this trade deadline. Um Ramona had a piece about Simmons today that was oh, like yikes. Yeah. It was so much. I mean, it just felt like it was fed it was I don't know. It almost felt like a players tribune article more than anything else. Like it just was so I don't know. I don't want to impugn anybody's reporting, but gosh, I I wasn't in love with that piece, but it definitely made me feel even more like there's not going to be any movement on the Simmons front. And, uh, you know, I think that that domino has been, has been kind of waiting out there. There are a lot of names that are out there right now. Tobin, I guess let's just start with this and not that either of us have any sources. I, I have kind of come to the place where I, I'm all, I think I'm expecting a lot of movement and I don't, I don't know. Where do where do you stand on that? Do you think this is going to be a big one or is it going to be a, a lot of, Smoke, no. I fire. think it's gonna be a lot of movement, but I think that it will be mostly smaller, like mid level. Same. Yeah. Uh, and I think that what'll happen is is that a couple teams will load up and then I, I think that one or two of the big names will probably fall. There's also a lot of weirdness around like Damien and CJ and then Bradley Bill too. And I think mm-hmm. that there there could be a possibility of a 
like the Knicks making a move to like try to position themselves for the like post this year. I don't know. Like, I think I think there's a chance of some okay. some veteran that has a big contract moving. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my expectation is that there are uh, similarly. I think a lot of a lot of moves, a lot of rotation moves. I don't expect there to be any all star type players that are moved. Uh, over the next week, I I I mean, I welcome it. It's it would be interesting if if Beal or 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 Dame or or Simmons or whoever else got involved in some of this stuff. But I I get the impression that we're talking more about bringing in the fifth starter, mm-hmm. the and the eighth man kind of yeah. guy than we are about we're gonna we need the piece that puts us over the edge mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So part of that to me is that the Warriors are I think are pretty set. I mean, I, I don't know, but they'll maybe make a, like a little rotation move. But I don't think they're going to cash in the chips and make a huge, a huge splash kind of move. Um, and then you have a lot of other, like, I think the Bucks are pretty sad. I think they're going to just kind of play the, the buyout market and go get like Robin Lopez when he inevitably gets bought out, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, you got a lot of teams that I think would like to make a push, but don't have assets to do it. And by that, I mean the Denver Nuggets, the Utah Jazz, the Lakers, uh, the Heat, you know, these, I would they, yeah, absolutely. They, they, they probably need to make a move. Um, but what are you, I mean, if you're the nuggets, what, what do you have left to send out to bring in somebody who's going to make a, mm-hmm. a difference beyond like what Brent Forbes has done, you know, and, and same for a lot of these teams. So you got that kind of sitting out there. And then I just think you have a ton of teams that kind of are stuck between buying and selling. And I don't, so, you know, some of those teams will say, cool, we're, we're going to sell. And some of them will say, Hey, we're going to, seize on this opportunity and whatnot and jump in on it. So here's some names that are out there uh, just that we've heard that we're in like Bobby Marks's trade column and a lot of other things. Just jump in anywhere you feel like, feel like talking Tobin, John Collins. I think he's the one star that has the best potential of moving like, and mainly because they've been uh, trash. And I think, he's the fall guy. I think they need to have a fall guy and I think it's him. So, okay. Yeah. They won seven in a row after they traded mm-hmm. Reddish who can't play for the Knicks. Um, but, but Reddish is not a big enough will. fall guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, I so, agree. I agree. I agree. And they're still, and they're still John, not, you know, yeah. I mean, they're still too, they're, they're a good grief. They're four out of the play in tournament, like of getting out of the play in tournament. And so, yeah, I mean, geez, they're definitely going to beat the Mavs next week. I can just yeah, feel it. yeah. So that that yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. I get them one step closer. I just know it. Yeah, Trey's going to drop fifty on I'm us. And hate then, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to hate my life. <laughs> just feels like everything's going that way. Uh, okay. Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder is for sure. sure getting traded. There's a like I feel like there is a zero percent chance that if Dennis you Schroeder have a chance to move him off your team because he can't be fun to be around, mm-hmm. and on top of that, you've been bad. So why would you keep him? So right. yeah. The real, th- the biggest thing for them is the, for the Celtics. The Celtics are in the luxury tax. They're four million over the luxury tax right now. It makes absolutely no sense for them to pay luxury tax if there's any way to get out of it. Given that they are at best a team that's going to lose, that's going to get to a game seven in the first round. I mean, you know, why why would you not get off of Shooter if you can? Um, and I think they can. He he doesn't make much money, and that's you know, so that's part of the deal. It's like he, I think he makes six million bucks. That's that's an easy move to make. I do not like Dennis Schroeder. Been very uh, open about that for a very long time. I think he's a bad vibes guy. 
Uh, but he can absolutely help a team that needs a guy. You know, just, we just got to get a guy to come in and get a bucket or two down the stretch mm-hmm. of this game. You know, absolutely can help. So I think he moves. I don't think Marcus Smart gets moved because that contract no. is. And I think I think him and Brad well Stevens already. love each other too much. So. Yeah. Yeah. Say that. I mean, I, I the, the, his name's been out there. It has, but I think it never move on for him. It I never think, happens. I think it's going to be harder to move. But him. it never yeah. happens either. Like I mean, like he's in the trade rumors almost every year, and so. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Grant is maybe the biggest name that I do think moves. I could be totally wrong on that. I could be totally wrong. In the, and I know that he has sort of a handshake agreement with Troy Reaver of we're not going to trade you to a te- somewhere you don't want to go, basically. That was part of the come play for this garbage team. Um, but it, there's just there's so many teams that are interested and need exactly what he does. And he's not helping the Pistons because the Pistons are awful and aren't going to be good for another year or two. So it just it doesn't make a lot of sense for him to be there. I feel like he moves and somebody pays more than he's actually yeah, worth. He's going to be the guy that pulls the highest return because everybody's going to be fighting for him. So, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. and I think that that does not bode well for us because I think he would be a great fit here. But um, he totally would. Yeah. But yeah. the thing I don't get about him is he's been connected to teams like the the Kings. And it's like, what are, what are y'all yeah. doing? Like, it's just because... The Kings are a freaking disaster, yeah. man. I mean, like, They're you guys have pieces to trade, but why are you going to try to, like, be good? No. You know, I don't know. Like, which they're not going to be. They're but. obsessed with they're obsessed with getting in the play-in, <clears throat> potentially the playoffs. They're obsessed with it. Yeah. And it's it's so stupid. And it's been it's indicative of everything that has happened in the, the nine they're, I mean, years. I they're four games out of tenths, the 10th spot right now. Like, they're just awful. doesn't make any sense. They are, and they have the worst coach yeah. in the NBA. Like, I, it's, it is ridiculous that, ugh, yeah. whatever. Um, but we'll go there since we already talked. I think anyone who's on the, the Kings is, uh, except for Halliburton, is up mm-hmm. for sale. And Halliburton, I think, would go if, if they made a big deal for, like, Simmons or somebody like that. Yeah, I think I think Halliburton could be traded, but then everybody else, yeah, I agree. See, this is what frustrates me so much with the Kings is, like, I think they hold a lot of cards in this 100%. game. 100%, they can, yes. They can make moves, and they can say, you know what, this rebuild, this latest rebuild hasn't worked. We're going to figure it out, but we, we got to start over again. And just... But you got to do it. You got to do it. You can't play the in between yeah. game. You can't pretend you've like watched you're, the Orlando Magic do it for the last not. ten years, and it hasn't worked yes. for them at all. So yeah, yes, I'm not a big like you have to blow it up kind of guy. But like, good gracious, you can't do both. And and if you if you if you open up the cabinets and say, hey, we got Harrison Barnes, we got De'Aaron Fox, we got Buddy Heald, we got Marvin Bagley, we got Rashawn Holmes. Like we got a lot of guys that could help a team. What do you want? How many picks are you willing to give us or, you know, young assets or whatever it is? Like, let's just start this over and do it right for the first time ever. Freaking Kings. Um, Eric Gordon. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. His name was floated the other day, <laughs> and I completely forgot he was even playing anymore. <laughs> so He's been good he this year on yeah. a garbage team. I mean, yeah. whatever. Yeah. He, You know, he's, <laughs> he's another one of those guys that's always in the conversation, and I totally forgot he was even a thing anymore. So, but that's because I... <laughs> I think Eric Gordon can provide a lot for a team that and and he's he's he can rotate positions a little bit. He can guard above his 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 position if if nothing else. He's a pretty decent playmaker. All these sorts of things. My my only caveat is Eric Gordon when when Eric Gordon melt, melts down and it it happens, it is epic. It is always just like an epic, oh my god, like a John Starks level clutch and they're probably going to expect a lot they're going to expect a lot for him too and that that's not going to be smart so 
Yeah, it could be. <clears throat> I I keep hearing you keep hearing like Rubio and the Rockets own second round pick because it currently belongs to the Cavs for Eric Gordon. And I, I don't, yeah, I think that kind of, that makes some sense. That makes some sense. Yeah. I just, I always worry about really good teams bringing in guys who I think have a history of, of mm-hmm. not playing up to it in the play. And his look, I went and look at his, his playoff stats today and they were fine and sometimes really good, but I also just have memories of. And you haven't even mentioned the like, fact that he's incredibly like, Injury prone, so yeah, he gets yeah. injured all the time. Yeah, but his contract, I think, is non guaranteed next year or something like that. So there's, there's yeah, I'm just saying, like, if you trade for him to be a yeah, playoff yeah. push guy, and then yeah, you know, yeah, for, exactly, yeah. Oh, great, he yeah. rolled his ankle again. Okay, cool. <laughs> Christian Wood, his teammate, Christian Wood. Uh, I think he stays. I think that they're going to talk themselves into him being a cornerstone, which they probably shouldn't. Same but I think that's what's going to happen. Here. Yeah. Please enjoy. I, as somebody who hates the Rockets, please continue to employ Kevin Porter Jr who had one of the, the dumber plays I've ever seen in my life, getting into <laughs> getting into Steph this week, and then Steph just just nuked him um, for the next five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, please continue to stick with Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, and uh, and Jalen Green. I would love mm-hmm. that, Rockets. Please stick with it. Karis LeVert, I think he's gone. Yeah, I, think he I would agree. Somewhere. I don't know where or I have, like, he, I cannot at all figure out his value, so... Same here. I have no Same idea. Here. I think it just, I think it ends up being a first round pick and salary filler. That's my guess. Okay. I think that's what he, and, and that might be a great deal for somebody. It also might be like, <laughs> we, we brought this guy in and then we got worse. That's mm-hmm. weird. Uh, I think there's some, some possibility on that. Miles Turner. I think the injury derailed that. Yeah, I think I that if he wasn't injured, they probably could. I, I think because I, I I think he'll be an off season trade now at this point. So okay, yeah, I kind of lean that way too. I I think I think he's another one that's kind of hard to value. Yeah, see what he's, what he's doing. Uh, the <laughs> the Lakers savior THT. I I I don't I don't know. <laughs> I think that he if they do make a deal, he's gonna have to be involved in it. But money wise, that's not gonna get you anything. That's gonna be better than him, right? I love that the Lakers are in this position. It it brings me great joy. They just don't they don't have anything. They've traded everything. Yeah, that they he have he is the and pot sweetener of of you getting <laughs> off of Russell Westbrook's contract. That's yeah, yeah. the thing. And so, man, Bobby Marks threw out Russ uh, to the Knicks, and I was please like, do oh, that. Man. please, please do that. <laughs> I would love that so very much for them to get like Mitchell Robinson oh, for Russell Westbrook. Man. Like, <laughs> oh. God. oh. What a yeah. time. I just know the Orlando magic backcourt duo of Gary Harris and Terrence Ross. These are another one of those, those two guys that like always seem to be like the, the guys that get thrown out for contenders, you know, to come in there and be like a fifth mm-hmm. star. Like you said, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think Terrence Ross ends up staying cause he seems like the one guy they actually want to keep there. He hasn't been traded that everybody else has. So, and Gary Harris, I think is still kind of fresh there. So I don't think they'll make any moves. I think they probably should, but I don't think they will. <laughs> I think at least one of these guys is gone, probably both. Uh, Locked on Mavs today pitched a deal of Hardaway, Burke, and there was something else, maybe Powell, maybe. I can't remember what what the deal was, but, like, to get both of them. (laughs) Just like, yep, we'll take both. We'll just, we'll roll with it. So, I don't know. I'm I'm not terribly opposed to it. Terrence Ross had a terrible season. 
But I think part of that is just playing with the team well, that he plays with. He, he is definitely a guy. And he, and he was beat down off last offseason whenever they traded everybody. Yeah. And that, that was whenever that, like, the, the iconic, yeah. like, oh, I guess it's just me now tweet came out. <laughs> you know? And so yeah. I'm sure yeah. that's probably weighed on him a little bit yeah. at this point. So, yeah. Terrence Ross has. They're so bad. <laughs> Terrence oh my Ross gosh. has, like, yeah, yeah, I know. Terrence Ross, though, has, like, won a big playoff game for a really good team just written all over him. Like he just going, he is going to end up on a good team somewhere and it's going to be like, Hey, they won game six of that series because Terrence Ross scored 27 points in the second half. I mean, you know, his contract's only 12 and a half million for the, for one more year and Gary Harris is expiring. So I wouldn't be opposed to that necessarily, but yeah, it's, it's super tradable. Harris is gone because there's no way there's a 0% chance that Harris is resigning there in the off season. So it's possible if they don't trade him that they just say fine we'll do a buyout or something like that. But um, yeah. Well, and you don't you don't want you don't want him playing over Cole Anthony or t- Jalen Suggs anyway. So it doesn't do any yeah. good to have him there. Yeah, and Markel Fultz. I agree. Well. Um, <laughs> Thad Young. I think I, here's my deal with Thad Young. I think there are 29 teams that would like to have Thad Young. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a good team, his contract is just really hard to move. It's it, he's, it's like seventeen million, sixteen, seventeen million dollars. Yeah. It's it's a lot of money to give up uh, to bring back a guy. I think he ends up being a buyout, and th- like the line starts to the yeah, left. Yeah, I would agree. Like people, there's going to be a ton of teams that are there that will want what he totally agree. To the table. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, we're going to see how this how this plays out. Like I said, by the time we record next week, we will have we'll do a full trade breakdown of everything that happens at the trade deadline and hopefully there's hopefully there's lots of it so we have a good good content for our show. Let's do a quick maps time, Tobin. Um I know. Speaking of the crappy magic, <laughs> can we can we just can we just make a 3? Just like one, just one would be cool. Um, I, I really did. I'm, you know, we've come to a place this month of January was great for the Mavs. They were really good. They got it going defensively. They want, they beat good teams. They beat bad teams. They won like blowout games, all this sort of stuff. They played very well. So I can't be upset too much that they blew a game to the magic on the second night of a back-to-back without KP, without Tim Hardaway Jr., et cetera. I know I'm, I know I'm sounding like I'm making, I disagree. I can be very upset about that because it's the magic. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's, it's the, it's just one of those where like, man, that sucks that that kind of, it, for me, it's more about the Mavs by my count. And then I think somebody tweeted that actually knows what they're talking about and confirmed it. There were eight. Oh, Jason Kidd mentioned it in his press conference. They had eight, Open to wide open threes in the last nine minutes of the game, and they missed all of them. Missed all. Of them. And I, by open, it's like there were a couple where it was like, "Hey, there's a guy coming." Not to close many out. of them though. They probably, yeah, they probably had four shots in the last in the last eight minutes from three off of Luca driving dish, where there was nobody within eight. To I 10 texted you separately and, and said, mixed, "If mixed you give me yeah. that shot eight times, <laughs> even my old butt." Can probably knock uh-huh. one of those yeah. down. Like if you get, maybe not you, but probably Dennis. Yeah, Dennis can make. make I'm just saying, like if you give me eight I'm chances kidding, no, at that, kidding. eight chances at yeah, that. Like I mean, it's it's brutal. It's brutal. And it look it comes to me. It comes down to roster construction. And I I don't know how much you can fix on the fly because this is what you get. We we we're in a place where you and I trade trade ideas all the time, and and even less like. What if we traded these four players for this 
this player or whatever, and more about like, we got to get this guy out of here. We got to get this guy more minutes. Here's somebody I'd like to have. How can we figure that? You know, that kind of stuff. We, t- we do this stuff all the time. Um, every player who's in the Mavs, like top nine, it's going to be really hard to improve upon without getting worse. You know what I mean? Like you're going to, okay. Like the John Collins thing is out there. Okay. We're going to, we're going to trade the trade that was in Bobby Marks's column was like what Dorian, Dor- Dorian Maxi and two first round picks. Okay. That team with John Collins, it probably does get, it definitely gets better offensively. I, w- I would assume, um, at least in terms of like, you got a real role man there. This is a guy who can create his own shot a little bit. He's super athletic and talented, all this sort of stuff. Your shooting gets worse because as much as like John Collins is three point, his three point percentage is fine, but he takes three a game. He is not a, he is not a real three point shooter. In my opinion, um, your three point percentage is worse and your defense gets much worse, uh, by, mm-hmm. by making that kind of a deal. Does it even out? You know, are you able to then say, Hey, we went from the first, the number two defense and the number 16 offense to the number five offense and the number 12 defense. Is that even out? I kind of lean towards no, it probably doesn't. Um, there's been a whole lot of discussion about like about Dorian and Brunson because both of them <coughs> are free agents at the end of the season. Um, I think you know where I stand on that. I love both of those players. I think that you just pay, you just pay them. You just pay them. And if you need to move them later, you yeah. move them. But, uh, I don't know how you replace what those two guys are bringing to the table in the moment. And every trade that gets thrown out there for Brunson especially is like Mitchell Robinson and, and uh, Emmanuel quickly for, for, for Jalen Brunson. And I'm like, okay, well you just got five games yeah. worse. Like Jalen Brunson is vital to what is happening right now. Are you kidding me? I don't care about a first round pick. That doesn't, that doesn't help me. It doesn't do anything for me. Um, moving down. Maxi has become like sort of the, the, your, <laughs> Yeah, after the Orlando game, I think I made a trade for Maxi with every team in the NBA just to see where I could send him because yeah. he does is, have good defense, before, I will give you. Like, well, yeah, and the game the game before that, they, they probably win that game because of Maxi. Maxi has like, it's like, what do you have, 50, it was like 12 See, points here's the thing about Maxi. Hit huge threes, all this Yeah, the stuff. thing about Maxi is I feel like that he, of all of our assets, is the one that you can recover from maybe second second most behind Dwight Powell. Like, cause if you, if you can figure out a trade with, for John Collins, where it's like centered around Maxi and maybe even Dwight Powell or Tim, like, I mean, not Tim Hardaway, but if you put, if you center it around Maxi and Dwight Powell and convince Atlanta that that's a good trade package, then to me that the Collins replaces the Dwight Powell pick and roll stuff. And then now you just got to go find, like, that's where if you, maybe you could convince that young to come in and be that powerful that Maxi does, you know, but like, he, he is the easiest replaceable to me, but he, you're right. He does still bring things to the table that we need. And on top of that, to your point, we have a bunch of very tradable contracts, but also they're not like assets that people want on their team. Like, it's kind of weird. Like it's like a weird mix of they, they make our team what we are, but they're not a, you know, a trade chip that's going to bring a star in here. And so it's just, you know, it's a weird construction for sure. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's 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 just tough to figure out a, a trade. No, I, I, look, I expect they're going to make some kind of rotational trade. They have the the trade exception that I, I think actually is is trade exceptions are usually are are a lot of fool's gold. Usually, I do think that there's some value in it this time around. It's, it's same for like the Celtics have a big trade exception. 
There's a couple others that are kicking around out there. I think there's something that can be done on the fringes. I just, I have a hard time believing that on the fly, and, and I would love to be wrong. I would love for them to figure out how to get a Brandon Ingram or something like that. But um, I think that it's it's a lot tougher to make a, make a trade that actually functionally and fundamentally improves you, not just like is sort of one step forward, one step back, which is what most of the trades out there are. At least the ones that are like, you know, kind of a bigger trade of let's bring in this guy for these guys mm-hmm. or something like that. It's just, it's kind of hard to, you know, that one that was thrown out there the other day of like Powell and a second or something for, for Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that works. Cause <clears throat> you know, he's Rashawn Holmes is, plays the same role that Dwight mm. Powell does, but he's better at it. So like, yeah, if Sacramento wants to get off that contract, sure. Like let's, let's do that kind of move. But I don't think that those kind of deals are really that prevalent. A lot of them, it's just, we're in the age now where you overpay for players through trade. Like that's, you know, that's kind of, we, we are. Um, and the Mavericks kind of hamstrung themselves by doing that for KP. They, they, I, I, you know, I think that trade was a good, was a really good gamble. I think one of the worst things that you can do, and we're seeing this with like all the shooters that got big money and now all those teams are trying to get off of them or would like to get off of their deals. It's, it's a similar situation. <sighs> the worst thing you can do, and it's also the thing that is presented to you more frequently than just about anything else, is when you're paying max or near max money for sub all-star players. Porzingis at $35 million a year, Tobias Harris at $38 million or whatever it is, million dollars a year, uh, C.J. McCollum at like $32 million a year. It ties up so much of your, your cap space and usually ties up some of your assets too if you're, if you're, if you're making a move for that, those players. Um, and, and you're not going to get real return on, on those contracts. And it's just, so it's, it's hard for me even to look at somebody like John Collins, who I think is very good, and who is only on the you know the quote fun max because he's he's not like a tr- a real max player he's he's that that lower level max contract or maybe even less than max contract, um, but if you're gonna give up the if you're gonna give up the package that you might would have in the past given up for like an actual star player, that really <laughs> like are you, are you really that much better coming out of that? I mean it's it's a tough it's a tough deal. So like balancing the we have to, we have a good, we have the, one of the, whatever, seven best players in the league who is 22 years old um, and who w- is capable of winning right now. We got to figure out how to put a team around it. But at the same time, how do you not get locked into a team that is capable of winning a playoff round, but not two or three or four? Yeah, playoff just rounds? don't trade just for draft really picks. That never works for us. I don't want to see one more fake trade. <laughs> from anybody associated with the Mavs that involves the Mavs bring the, the major asset bringing being like a player and a pick or two picks. I do. I absolutely, I want nothing to do with that. I think that is the dumbest thing that, that the Mavs could do at this point. And hopefully they're smarter than that, but we shall see. Uh, KP's got a bone bruise. He's going to be out for, I don't know. He might be back tomorrow or he might miss five games. You never know with, with him. Eventually, they have to trade KP. It's it's just the way that it is. Um, but I don't think that that's right now. You know, it's we can. We'll see. We'll I see think everybody on this on team now. is you. You accept phone calls except for Luca, even even Brunson and Dorian. But you need to be blown away for them for Brunson especially. Yeah. But 
even KP, like if 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 it's not for I don't know, Pascal or Bradley Beal or a couple other guys, like at this point he has shown that he's been a vital part of what we can possibly do this year. So don't know. Like I mean like but you don't need to ter- shut the door to, mm-hmm. on it for sure. So yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's just a lot of you're not you're probably not going to get the A plus offers, and even a B plus offer probably only shifts the the chairs yeah. a little bit. You know, it's w- maybe maybe one and a quarter step forward. Yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't really do enough. So that's the hard part. We'll see. We'll see how the next week goes. Uh, I'm excited to uh, to get in here and talk about. It. Let's do pick them. We'll get out of here. You're trailing. You're oh still behind God. your picks, my friend. Uh, good grief. Okay, well let me. You kind of hinted at this earlier, but since the Hawks are playing the Mavs and Trey likes to feed on us, I'm going to pick Trey Young because <laughs> they, they're playing the Mavs this week. So, okay. <laughs> okay, I've already used Trey. That's a good idea, though. He's I just feel it. I can feel it in my bones. He's, yeah, he's, he, he's he certainly likes the he likes the I'm I'm going to go in there and show them up, you know, stuff. So yeah. last time <clears throat> he was here was did not go that way, and it, it I liked it. I was pretty sure. happy. Remember last time they were here, he had, was when he got fined for cussing out the ref because he he pretended like he got fouled and then was angry yeah. about it. Um, no, he would never do that. <laughs> He's from Oklahoma, sir. Nobody touched you, dude. Like the ref literally looked at him and said, "No one touched you." <laughs> that was pretty great. Um, okay, you picked Trey. <sighs> All right, what the heck? Let's do it. I'm going, Luca. This week he's on a good he's on a good run. Mm-hmm. I probably just jinxed him, uh, so it makes me nervous. And maybe I thought about just avoiding him all season. But we got four games. I'll go Luca. I'll go Luca. Yeah. Mine. Who's your? I think he's been my alternate for the last three weeks. I'm gonna go with Demar Derozan because one of these days I'm gonna have to switch to him. So <laughs> <laughs> I like it. My alternate's Devin Booker as well. So. Okay. Fun stuff. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, great. Tell your friends. Bring your basketball buddies around to listen to this podcast. It helps us greatly to carve out a little space in this very cramped podcast market. And leave us a five-star rating, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. In that review, tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past. And we like to read those out at the end of the show. We'll be back next week, a day late, talking about everything that happens at the NBA trade deadline. And until then, stay hard, Roger Rogers. <laughs> <laughs>